0: Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North.
1: Welcome in, Loon's fans, to another week of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Dan Terrar and now full-time hey. guest as we're making him, A.J. Fredrickson. How are you guys doing this week?
0: Excellent.
2: A.J., how's it going down there? Oh, it's going great. Just, hey, <laughs> glad to be a part of the show. Been having a lot of fun, so happy to be here.
1: Can't wait to get started on this week of Loon Talk. We've got the and Treat flowing. We are ready to go. We've got got MLS Skills Challenge Rants coming up. We're going to talk about uh, a really weird, awkwardly long game against Colorado on Saturday night. But let's get started reminding you where to find our podcasts. Anywhere you find your podcast, do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. It does help us get found. Also, let any of your friends and family who like Major League Soccer or Minnesota United know that we are a podcast that will burn their ears if they want to listen to it. We will be happy to do that for them. Uh, boys, let's get started. It was a long, long game on Saturday night, thanks to an hour and a half rain delay at 9 p.m. Central Time, because for some reason we had to start this game at 8 p.m. Central Time. But uh, the Loons end up scoring in the fourth minute, which was awesome. sounded It felt like we were going to get things rolling like we did on the previous week against Portland, but then... Uh, then the next 10 minutes was all Colorado and they just dominated for the rest of the game. Dan, I'll give you, I'll give you the floor to start uh, your overall thoughts on what was a really weird wild game. That was once again, a lot of scoring against Minnesota.
0: Yeah. All of a sudden scoring is easy for both sides, which is weird, but uh, maybe the ugliest dozen minutes of the season for Minnesota, probably. Um, and they've had some, you know, they've had some ugly halves. They had some ugly stretches, but never was it completely a lack of any defense whatsoever. And, and you know, never was it, you know, goaltender just misplaying balls. And it was, yeah, I mean, that was the ugliest 10, 12 minutes, whatever it was uh, for the defense and the goaltending I, I, that I remember seeing in quite a while. So, um, yeah, it fell apart fast. If you take out that chunk, it wasn't that bad, you know, um, but – you can't do that in this league because uh, then you've got to score three or four goals just to get back to even, and and they weren't they weren't able to do that. Is there any way we uh, we go back to the good old days when we just played with lightning and took our chances? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, what happened? Did somebody <laughs> at a softball game once get electrocuted, and now we got to... Because we never used a break for lightning. No, it
1: was know. the old Cleveland pitcher who was throwing a no-hitter and took a lightning bolt to the chest and still went to pitch the rest of the game and completed he was the no-hitter. Fine. He, was,
0: he fine. was fine. He was fine. He was fine. He might have been better.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Gave I him a little him extra juice days. at the end of the game.
0: <laughs> he gave a little charge. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just sometimes wonder when there's a lightning strike that's, you know, six miles away and...
1: Someone oh, wow. ha- did have a pretty awesome picture of one of the later or last lightning strikes that basically hit the stadium and it looked awesome. It was just a picture of one of the few stands in that stadium that has has the covering. Pretty. It is just a huge lightning bolt over it. It w- it did look pretty cool, but yeah.
0: Pretty sure pretty sure they have lightning rods you can put up on the roof. I think Benjamin Franklin invented those. <laughs> I don't know. AJ, what do you AJ, Dan, what do you you were think? around then, you would know. Hey, oh, ouch. Man. <laughs> God, wow! Wow! I don't know. I so like anyway, yeah, we have
1: two young kids on here. We can do that. Yeah, I know.
0: I know. It's, it's okay. I can take it. I can take it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. That was an ugly ten minutes. Uh, I was left with uh, two things. Um, then I'll let AJ jump in on this uh, with the players missing and the lineup that they threw out there. Uh, change of formation. <laughs> You know, losing by one on the road, a place they've never won before. Doesn't seem all that terrible. Uh, my bright spot was uh, Benitez. I thought he was outstanding. So uh, I think that we're going to see more and more of him contributing to the office. Was that the first or which goal was it where he threw the nutmeg through, uh, through Wilson? That
1: was the second one. That second was San
0: Maria. When's the last time you saw a nutmeg pass on a good defender like that?
1: I don't know. That's, was-
2: that was sweet. That it was, was a, fun to watch. So.
1: That was a really nice Paraguayan connection there.
2: AJ? Yeah. Yeah. AJ? Yeah. I'm. It was one of those last week, Dan and I were talking about not being as worried with how many guys were out and missing, um, how crucial of guys, but it, at the end of the day, I know they lost 4-3, but I think it was still a very winnable affair that they just kind of let slip out of their hands. You talk about yeah. that 15 or so minutes where the defense was terrible and... You had some flukes in goal by your all-star goalkeeper. A couple things go another way, just quite literally a few bounces, and all of a sudden this ends up maybe being a 3-2 win for Minnesota or at least a 3-3 draw. I thought we were actually going to be in for another maybe reversal of roles from the match two weeks ago where maybe Minnesota scores. They're going to be down 3-1 at the half. They'll charge back and maybe get the 4-4 draw, but... Uh, but no, i it's it's a couple of weird bounces, and I think I'm sure we'll talk more about it here as the show goes on. But in goal, there was just uh, a few lapses of focus. It seems like, especially just with the uh, the holes maybe in the back end. I don't think Michael Box. I he's crucial to the back line. I don't think it was. I don't think he plays that big of a role to where for that 15 or so minutes they just completely lose their heads and they have no idea what's going on. Um, that was just a weird. 15 minutes or so by the loons. There's one that I'm sure they're going to hope that they don't repeat the rest of the season. (laughs) If there's there's a time to fall apart like that, it's right now, right at the beginning of August where you're in a home playoff spot and a lot of other good teams drop points that night. So uh, disappointing, but uh, they showed a little strength in the second half. Um, It was like Dan said, it's just pretty much that 15, 20 minutes of just terrible, terrible soccer. Yeah, AJ, yeah, you mentioned did.
1: there, that's one of the points that I wanted to move on, wanted to go to was Dane St. Clair. He's been, it, not just these last two games where he's let in eight goals total in two games. It's been a couple weeks now where we've talked about some of these goals that have gone in that have been like, Dane, what's going on there? That's a shot you should have stopped. And uh, Do we have to talk about the goalkeeping situation? Is this a thing that's coming up again because of... How not just these last two weeks, these last couple of weeks have gone essentially since the, it feels like since the June break, there's been a couple goals that have been let in just like, whoa, whoa. and it it felt like once, once questionable goals got let in, uh, things started to snowball for Minnesota, especially on Saturday night, but we've seen it going back to the New England game, a questionable goal got let in, and the lead disappeared from there, and it's not the first time this has happened, and is this something that we need to start talking about with the ability to bring Tyler Miller off the bench?
0: Well, I you know what I had a flashback uh, during the uh, match on Saturday to my uh, hockey broadcasting days, and I uh, I looked at after the third straight goal was let in, uh, I looked down to the bench area and I I said, oh he's gonna pull him, and I said, oh this is hockey, they don't do that in soccer, because uh, in hockey in hockey he would have gotten the hook right then and there. Absolutely yep. would have gotten the hook, and then I realized, oh no, this is this is not hockey. That won't happen. But uh, to, the other part of that is uh, goaltenders get you know probably too much blame when when you give up four goals, and sometimes they get too much uh, you know attaboys when they get a clean sheet. So a lot of it's on the defense. But I, I agree, there is something I, I don't know. You know, you you don't know inside the mind of a young goalkeeper like Dane Saint Clair. Is he struggling a little bit with his confidence right now? Um, but these were, you know, you can come up with one, two, you can come up with a handful of goals in the last three, four matches that he didn't, I don't remember him giving up any of those kind of goals in the uh, first part of the season. So yeah. uh, playing every day is getting on him. Maybe he's getting tired. I don't know, but there's something different there. And I'm, you know, here's the unique situation. Normally you'd say, no, he's your number one, he's an all star. But we just happen to have another starting goaltender. It's not like we'd be going to the – he is the backup, but he's not a backup keeper. So for that reason, if, if Adrian Heath determines that he can do that without completely tearing apart Dane St. Clair's psyche, because some, some players can handle it, some can't. Mm -hmm. We've seen players come in and out of this club where they get benched and they just lose it. I mean, they just, they just stop playing and, and they never get back. So I don't know if he can handle that or not. Um, And that's something that the staff has to figure out, but you've got the all-star game coming up. I think if you think that he needs a break, perfect to do it after the all-star break. let Tyler Miller play on the road in Nashville and, and give him a break. Now, do I think that'll happen? Probably not, but, I don't think it'd be the dumbest move.
2: If it uh, counts for anything, I was able to find some notes from the Adrian Heath post game presser uh, from this past weekend. And he was asked actually about whether or not Tyler Miller could be considered moving forward, uh, starting in goal. He said, no comment, pretty, (laughs) pretty pretty quickly shut it down. Didn't really want to talk about anything whatsoever. So um, I didn't really get to see the tone. I just saw the transcript of it. So it could have been a quick, like, I'm not going to talk about that. That's a, dumb a question or yeah. I'm thinking about it. I don't want to talk about it right now. Type of thing.
1: Yeah. So and I, I'm just,
2: what you I, want. AJ and, and Jonathan, I was just reading his body language, but when that goal went
0: in, I could, if I had to guess, he may have wanted to make a change right there, but I'm thinking that, just, <laughs> I'm thinking that Sean McCauley said, Whoa, 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 settle down because Adrian was just on, he, you could just see it on his face. And uh, he may uh, he may have had uh, calmer heads prevail on that one. So
1: well, we've also seen it from Adrian Heath, where he has done right by the players in giving them uh, yeah playing time where they probably shouldn't have been given playing time. You think back to the 2018 World Cup, uh, Francisco Calvo, still on the team back then, was not playing well at all. Was playing. Really bad soccer, which is nothing new for him, as we've noted plenty of times on this podcast. (laughs) But he was he wasn't playing great soccer going into the World Cup. But he was set to start for Costa Rica in that tournament, so Adrian he kept playing him, and he probably had plenty of reasons to bench him at that point. But he knew that that wouldn't be a good way to prepare yourself for going into the World Cup. So he's done this plenty of times, or a couple other times, where a player hasn't been in a good run of form, but there's been a big event for them coming up that they were set to play in and Dane St. Clair set to play in the all-star game coming up on Wednesday at Allianz field. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would, there, there would have been no reason for him to bench him and it would have looked really bad to bench him going into the all-star game that he set yeah. to play in. So it may be one of those things where he was just trying to get through to the all-star game and then make the switch afterwards just to give him some time off. So we'll see obviously this weekend against Nashville, what the plan is, but right, I, I would I would say I would agree with you Dan it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be the worst idea to give him some time off after the All-Star game because things really haven't been going right lately. They've he's let in some goals that he shouldn't have let in that he was stopping earlier in the season and we've seen right. his save percentage numbers go down and down and down over the past couple of weeks. So yeah, it probably wouldn't be the worst idea. Uh a bigger picture of the evening um Adrian he said it a couple times especially during the halftime interview. Was that there was, He was pretty upset with the defending on the evening, uh, called it schoolboy and childish mistakes, uh, schoolboy defending mistakes that led to some of these goals. You saw in the second one, I believe, Naviki Maguchi just caught ball watching and just was not paying attention to where Diego Rubio was as he charged in on a long throw-in and was essentially free in the box just to head it in to the back of the net. Is this a problem that we're starting to see with the defense? Is that they don't really have a whole lot of communication? It seems like over the past couple of weeks. weeks, I know uh, Michael Boxel wasn't there this week, but he was there against Portland and they still let in four goals. So this isn't just one player missing thing. It seems like it's a growing thing where they're starting to let in a lot of goals in a short amount of time where the first 16 weeks of the season, they let in at most, I think like two or three goals in one game. And that was like a rare yeah. occurrence. It felt like.
0: Yeah, I, I think that you know, obviously things have changed for this team offensively, and I suppose sometimes that uh, you know translates into a little looser on the defense. But, but I don't, I don't think it's yes. Boxel being out obviously made a difference. The header that it looked as though Brett Coleman ducked underneath at the last second, like someone was calling him off. I think he thought that that Dane St. Clair was behind him and, and playing the ball because he. he Looked to me like he laid off it. Uh, that's a communication thing. That's on the goaltender. That's on the defenders. Uh, but uh, keeping Gucci not coming back for that ball, well, where is he on the depth chart? Uh, in a perfect world, he's not even playing. Yeah. So uh, does Arriaga make that play? Probably. Does Will Trapp make that play? Probably. So you're, you're playing a guy that hasn't played much and um, is not as good as, you know, what, three guys that were missing – uh, the, the, on Saturday night, so I ho- I think, and I hope that this is just a temporary problem. And when everybody's back and off of suspension and healthy, that we go back to that, you know, pretty you know one of the, you know, one of the best defenses in the West. But you're right, though; it hasn't looked like that lately.
1: Yeah, I
2: think. I mean, there was there was a stretch where it seemed like they were almost allergic to scoring goals, just couldn't (laughs) find the back. Oh yeah, and now and now in the past two matches they they've done that seven times. The downside of it is by being more aggressive and you know playing to that offensive style, you've allowed eight goals in your past two matches. So you kind of get that push and pull of. If you want to score, you're going to have to move forward more. You're going to have to have everybody sit a little bit higher and maybe jump up in the play offensively, and those wingbacks are going to have to attack a little bit more. Um, so it's it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a weird dynamic, I think, right now, but um, I you know, I think the next few matches you play, because you, you get Nashville, who they can lock things down defensively. They've got uh, Zimmerman in the back, and Austin has been good, so you know what they can do. And then you see Houston. Uh, three matches from now, um, on late in late August. So I mean, it's one of those where you need to really start to reel things in. I think by that Houston game, you're going to have this team probably resettled in defensively, um, and especially just because you're going to start getting, you know, people to after the all, you know, after the All Star game, you're going to have to kind of cater to getting people back to 100. percent Not that mm-hmm. maybe they haven't been, but you're you're not going to have Michael Boxel out. Uh, Against Nashville, you're not going to have them out against Austin, uh, you know, barring anything weird happening. So, uh, resettling back in defensively and really kind of going back to what we saw earlier this year, where they can shut good teams down, uh, will be a good refresher. But I would like to see them be able to balance that with keeping this prolific offense that we've seen the past, you know, maybe a month or so.
1: I think we've seen over the past couple games, anyways, uh, the absolute importance that Will Trap has been for this team over the last year and a half he's not going to produce you a whole lot of offensive numbers, but what he's going to be able to do really well is organize that back line. And they have been sorely missing that the past two games uh, against Portland. It was talked about quite a bit during the broadcast that the Ariaga and load pairing just weren't on the same page. They were both going forward when one should have stayed back. And there's just no communication there as to who is going to stay back and who is going to go forward. And it seemed like there was a little miscommunication there this week with between keeping and Rosales. And it's, the loons have clearly missed having that leader in the midfield who's able to just sit back and understand. I'm not going to provide a whole lot of offensively, but what I will do is sit back and provide a cover for the defense in those transition moments. And that's where they've been burned quite a bit lately. Is in those transition moments and Will Trap showing without without ever stepping on the field, showing how important he has been to this team over the last year and a half.
0: It takes a uh, it takes a certain type of player. Uh, physically, but more so mentally, to play that position, uh, you really have to have to have good discipline. Um, and Will Trapp is that guy. He's you know he's a flatliner. You know he's always going at one speed, one focus. He doesn't panic. He he likes the defensive responsibility because he's so good at it. So it's hard to compare anybody else uh, to someone like that. Um, in a totally opposite way we had Ozzy Alonso who liked playing the defense as part of it but he was not a flatliner he was all over the place he was a, he was a sideshow i mean it was it was fun to watch him play but uh in some ways i think Will Trap is is better in that role because we've got other guys that can stir things up and can make sure uh that there's enough uh, drama and flair to the match uh and by the way i didn't mention also playing well i thought Rosales was was good to watch with his energy. If uh, he's the new dump truck, he's the little dump truck on this team now because <laughs> we lost the dump truck, but now we got the little dump truck to uh, pick up where he left off. Because that uh, Joseph will run through anybody anytime. He doesn't care. He just has no respect for his own well-being. So uh, fun to watch. <laughs> but I, I think um, I think Robin Lude, if he played that position more, would probably be the same type of player as Will Trap. He just has to get the fact out that he's. Played striker half the year and up on the wing half the year, and and then all of a sudden he's put back in a role where he still wants to be involved in the offense. I I think he and Will Trapp are the same type of player. They're very, uh, very level, very even keel. Um, They just get the job done. I think if if Will Trapp were gone tomorrow, I think Robin Load could eventually get pretty comfortable in that position.
1: Yeah. Next up for the Loons. Is a Sunday game, I believe. Sunday, against Sunday, against...
0: Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, <laughs>
1: Sunday. Down in Nashville against Nashville SC, who have two wins in their last 12 matches. What's so going not been on? A, it has not been a good run for Jamie Watson's Ooh. side uh, down in Nashville, Ooh. and Minnesota will be looking to take advantage of that. That's two wins across uh, all competitions in their last 12 matches. So, uh, plenty to uh, look forward to in that one, hopefully, for the Loons. Yes. Nashville have one of the better defense in the league, despite what the result this last weekend is. But it should be interesting to see a Loon side that will be back to full strength anyways, But despite missing some of the injured players. But you won't have uh, Michael Boxel, Robin Hood, and Emmanuel Reynoso all gone due to yellow card accumulation. Those guys will be back after a week of rest. So those guys will be back against the Nashville side who are really struggling to find three points on the road or at home lately. So I'm looking forward to
0: that one, Dan. Yeah, me too. I got a good time to go to Nashville. I think uh, this team has been putting some goals up on the road. Um, Nashville's struggling. We're getting our pieces back. I think there'll be a renewed energy because of that fact that uh, the regulars are back. And if you remember, I can remind you if you forgot, but early in the year, uh, I said that I thought Nashville would struggle coming over to the West and then they took off like, gangbusters. And I thought, Oh boy, I missed the boat on that one, but now here they are struggling. So I put Nashville in that category. Um, AJ, uh, I don't know what, who they are. I don't know what, I don't know if they're good or not.
2: Uh, are they? I don't know. A little misidentification there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this Saturday or Sunday, actually Sunday, 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 um, having everybody back, I'm excited to see everything kind of filter back through. Cause like you said, Jonathan, they do have, two wins in their last 12 competitions but they have been known to be able to have a pretty solid defense and shut teams down um so i'm excited to see i think this is my real test this is a heat check game for Luis samaria he's been going ballistic the past (laughs) three weeks or so um another goal this past weekend he's been red hot one of the very bright spots for the loons on saturday but i think this if he can contribute in some way whether a goal or assist or maybe some connecting passes that create a chance this is his heat check game so to speak where if he can go ahead and go out there and do you know the thing that he's been doing red hot start him out there that is a must filter through guy for the remainder of the season because that's going to boost his confidence that's going to have everybody else say all right that we can uh we can just give him the ball and let him do his work but that's also going to put the notoriety on the opposition saying we got to mark this guy and open up a lot of space for a guy like bong here a guy like franco on the outside who you just get in behind uh the back line and all of a sudden those guys are going to be able to run rampant so uh heat check game for Amaria this weekend
3: to be your best every day you need proven quality sleep every night
1: Yeah, Maria, three goals and four assists in his last five matches. So he's absolutely found a really good uh, vein of form lately. Uh, The Nashville game uh, and their result this weekend kind of moves us into look across the league, which is a good time to point out that Minnesota really missed an absolute chance to separate themselves a little bit uh, in that third-place positioning. But since they lost in Dallas Drew... They now drop down to fourth instead of third, and we'll get back to that in uh, write that down later on. But yeah, Minnesota missed a chance with LA Galaxy losing, Nashville losing, Austin drawing, and Real Salt Lake losing, and Portland and Dallas drawing. Minnesota missed a chance to gain some gain some breathing room in that Western Conference race uh, for the third place position in the playoffs. And I know Dan is always iffy about talking about playoffs three months out, but playoffs. still. <laughs> You sort of missed a chance this weekend.
0: You know, why don't we just fast forward to Decision Day? Because that's when it's all mm-hmm. going to be decided anyway. I mean, I mean, we could talk about it, and then we're going to come down to the last day of the season, Decision Day. And, you know, the way it's going, not only could the playoffs be on the line, but home field advantage could be on the line as things are similar to as they are now. So, yeah, it was a missed opportunity. But, like you said, you bounce back against a team. Uh, on the road, and this team has a chance to win again on the road. And, uh, you know, and that's been probably one of the surprises this year is uh, since the international break, the success they've had on the road and uh, and throw themselves right back, you know, maybe up into third place again. So, uh, you know, who knows? This is going to go on till the very end, this jockeying for position, going from third to fourth to fifth to third. To, you know, I, I think the only position, one and two, I think, might be – out of reach, uh, one for sure, two might be, but uh, every three and four are, I think are going to be in play for quite a while here.
2: Yeah, and you're going to need those because it's not like it's a huge gap between three and four and then five and six or even seven. Um, you're going to need to create a little more separation here down the stretch because you want, you know, it's so crucial to have that home playoff game in the first round guaranteed. Um, but, you know, we, we've seen it where some of those higher seeds they just can't get it done in the first round. And then if you can get as high as high of a spot as possible and get home field advantage in the second round or in the third round, that's that makes all the difference to have your supporters out there, whether it's Minnesota in, you know, a, a brisk autumn wind where the teams are gonna have to adjust to the climate, or you're still down south and it's it you know, you have an, you're in front of the away supporters. So um it you you need to really go ahead and pick up points where needed and like Jonathan said it's brutal that they dropped three all three um on the road in Colorado just because so many other good teams uh, especially Dallas were able to move up and now sitting fourth uh kind of puts me out of my write that down from a couple weeks ago which I'm a little upset about (laughs) but uh but yeah you know it's still a lot of season left we still we still have a lot of time to go so this can this can kind of jockey but yeah like Dan said there's there's uh, it's going to come down to decision day and I could see it being that, you know, that four, five, six, seven, maybe even Seattle, who's just outside of a playoffs or just outside right now, with that eight and nine with the L.A. Galaxy. Um, all of those teams, if they just hit a little bit of a fortunate bounce here and there, they pick up a win. Maybe they're not supposed to. They're right in back in the mix. So it is comfortable as maybe you think, seeing that they're sitting right there in fourth. They're nowhere near safe at this point of the year.
1: Sorry, AJ. You can't drop the line "brisk autumn wind" without doing old school wow. NFL films voices.
3: Wow, you can't do that. That's a
1: that's a that's a sports talk radio no no. If you're gonna sorry. say brisk autumn wind, you have to do the deep, like insanely deep, <laughs> like bassy NFL films voice from back in like the sixties and seventies. That's just let me call Manny Hill first. real quick. Yeah,
0: a brisk <laughs> autumn wind on the frozen tundra. Yes, on yeah. the petri- on the petrified pitch.
1: Can just say, can just like <laughs> let that pass and not do that, AJ. That's unacceptable. <laughs> but yes, to your point, uh, third through eleventh sit six points apart. That's literally two wins for Vancouver and Dallas losing twice, and they're up above Dallas in the standings. Like it's insane. We it feels like we say this every year. Uh, MLS has done a very good job of creating parity, whether you want to, uh, whether you want to like that or not. But third through eleventh is separated by six points. First and second are clearing away. Uh no one's touching those guys. Those guys are kind of on their own plane. It seems like twelfth through fourteenth, Houston, San Jose, and Sporting Kansas City are all falling off at this point, despite results this weekend. They're all five points back of eleven or eleventh place. So yeah, those guys are falling off. Third through eleventh is still just an absolute just gong show between those sides. So yeah, you're gonna need every win, you're gonna need every point, and Minnesota will will most likely, hopefully not. They're hopefully not going to miss these points come the end of the season, but they will be vital going down the stretch. A uh, couple of transactions for the Loons as the transfer deadline came through this last week. Mender Garcia in attacking. A very speedy wing player, according to Adrian Heath. Probably one of the fastest guys on the team, which blows my mind because Bongi and Nico Hansen are insanely fast themselves. But if he's faster, boy, oh, boy, that wing play is going to be fun for the Loons going forward down the stretch. Um, Mender Garcia coming from uh, Columbia. And then uh, the Loons announcing just a couple days ago that they have acquired on loan former, uh, now former, Monterey midfielder, young 23-year-old Jonathan Gonzalez, uh, Minnesota, or... U.S. soccer fans will remember him from a couple years ago when U.S. soccer and Mexico soccer, the Federations were battling over him to get him to uh decide which which country he wanted to play for. And he for U.S. soccer fans unfortunately chose Mexico, played in a couple games, but then his career has kind of fallen off to the wayside for the past couple years. He's gone out on loan for a couple to a couple different clubs over the past couple seasons, but now he's with Minnesota for the remainder of this season. I am excited for this kid, gonna provide some midfield depth where that has been a real struggle this season as we've seen with injuries and we've already talked about already in this podcast. He's going to be an exciting addition along with Mender Garcia. I'm excited to see these two guys play for Minnesota down the stretch of the season here. See what they can yeah. provide for the squad.
0: Yeah, we we find out that uh, how important depth is because this team we th- you know about the time you think you've got depth, all of a sudden you get a few uh, yellow card accumulations and a couple of injuries and you're you got guys playing that haven't played all year. So, uh it's adding depth uh and maybe some of that depth turns out to be some some good talent uh we I don't think we really expected Longwane to uh play this big of a role this season thought maybe he'd need a little time and and so and we've already seen uh, Benitez come in and uh look like he's going to help this team uh, especially with the absence of Ramon Metinere on that side, so yeah, you got to keep adding this depth, and and you added these guys in, and then you, if you can retain most of these talent for next year, uh, the club uh, continues to get better every year, and I think that's kind of your your goal, especially for a you know six year franchise. Yeah,
1: I'm excited. Uh, let's look forward to the All Star game, which takes place Wednesday at Allianz Field. But before that, we have the Skills Challenge, and boys, we have the return of one of my favorite things from MLS's past, goalie wars. Goalie Trump's wars.
3: Batters, shaking hands. Cannon starts first. Goes for the are. Look at Zach. Six seconds to put it back in play. Zach oh. gets a rope. Cannon again going with the toss. Picks a corner. 1-0 the West. With the San Jose team right to it. Right here. Tipped it over. That'll go back to Zach. We're tied at once. The wind-up, the toss, ah, threw some junk out he gave him. The, he gave him the dummy, the look, no look. One minute left. Great save! Each keeper's only get three strides, i tell you, three strides for Zach, he's almost to the midfield.
0: All right.
1: That, wow! If you're watching the YouTube version, you just saw Goalie Wars. It is basically two goalposts set, what, probably ten yards apart, and opposing goalkeepers trying score scoring on each other on each other by either throwing or kicking the ball as hard as they can. Is- it was it is a memorable and amazing thing that MLS did back in the day. Uh, rumor was uh, made into reality this last weekend. Uh, MLS was taping one of their many podcasts that they do. At one of the bars up to, up in Minneapolis or up in Saint Paul, and it was confirmed that Goalie Wars is coming back for the Skills Challenge Skills Challenge this year. Unfortunately, Andrew Wiebe with MLS uh, Soccer with Major League Soccer, uh, he does that podcast he said his understanding is that it is for the in-house audience only and they are not broadcasting it and by god wow. if major league soccer does this they bring back a wow. thing that the fans have wanted for so many years they have been begging and pleading major league soccer to bring this back and it's for only those people who attend in person that would be absolutely embarrassing among a list of many things that this league does wrong it would be near <laughs> the top i'm sorry I, it just would be
0: I um I hope I hope we get to see it. I hope it's uh, broadcast, but I think it's a terrible idea.
1: What you're <laughs> not in it, on goalie wars?
0: This would be goalie wars is amazing. You know, all I see is some goalie just completely tearing out his shoulder or landing on his shoulder and separating it, diving too many times it it looks like a really bad idea. You know what? I think one who it's wants good. Those
1: players to play through lightning
0: strikes. <laughs> it's good. It's, well that's nature. That's that's a natural uh, occurrence. You can't you can't control so nature. So tearing out
1: your shoulder defending Still, for no, your it's league. Not.
0: No, it's not. They're playing so, for your you, league's honor. In that video clip, you saw how hard they were throwing that ball and do yep. you really want Dane Sinclair to go out and do that like 15 times in a row? I got Tyler Miller as a backup. I'm not concerned. (laughs) Well, we're going to need him if they do goalie wars. I think. I think it's a horrible idea. I do. I'll watch it, but I think it's a horrible idea. I want goalie wars, (laughs) AJ.
2: That's so good. I mean, that is. um, Imagine. I mean, Dan, for hockey terms at least. Imagine like a continuous shootout where you just line up your guys on each end of the ice, and then they all go score. Well, as soon as you don't score, the other guy can just pick it up, and he just charges back the other way, and it's just back and forth and back and forth. But it's the, this is just one guy, and like Jonathan said, they're like maybe 10 yards apart. That's got to be a brutal, just vigorous, like, what, three minutes, five minutes of just back and forth. You're chucking a ball. You're kicking a ball right at a guy. Um, really. Later on in the clip, I know it's it was kind of a long clip, so I cut it off, but one, one of the cameramen – just gets pegged right in the lens, <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, and the announcer's like, "Does that count? I don't know. It, yeah, don't it, know. Just, it should." But you can no, just hear, I... you just hear thud,
0: oh. just just getting pegged. Very very entertaining. It's just a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here for it.
1: I am excited for goalie wars to return, and it better be on broadcast television. Otherwise. Like I said, among a list of many things the MLS does wrong and still continues to do wrong, scheduling <clears> – <throat> uh, sorry, I had a sneeze there uh, – <laughs> this would be among one of the worst. It just, But yeah, the skills challenge, I can't wait for it. We're going to bring it up and write that down because Dan made a questionable prediction that we'll have to clarify uh, from last week. But we've got the shooting challenge. We've got the all-star touch challenge we've got the cross and volley challenge, the passing challenge and the crossbar challenge. So plenty to watch tomorrow night at Allianz Field. Should be a one, should be a fun thing. I think tickets still available and if they are they are pretty cheap. So go out and watch some players who are very skilled in from both Major League Soccer and League MX do their things. Dan, let's get to the predictor now. I'll I'll let you right. uh, explain away sir.
0: The predictor will each pick three matches, one including the upcoming uh, Minnesota United match, the All-Star Matches fair game as well. Uh, you pick the score and the winner. If you get the winner correct, you get a point, a bonus point if you get the score exactly right, whether that be a win or a draw. We don't have to worry about that because that never happens.
1: <laughs> wow. It All
0: right, does. So let's, run
1: through, let's run through some of the scores from last week. Um, How I got are we gonna handicap point? AJ? I think we give him double points for now for the rest ah. of the season because he well, the, joined the halfway only, through, so that'll that'll catch him up.
0: The only the only other way to do it is you have to actually figure out a, a handicap, and that would be a lot of math. So I'm out.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm okay with just doubling it because he came <laughs> halfway through the season.
0: Yeah, right. and if Jay, your comes, points
1: will your your points will count for double.
0: Yeah, all right. And if he gets What's too close zero? to us. If he, if yeah, uh, tw-
1: two times zero is. Uh, yeah. Well, you got two points this week because you got a yeah. you got you got the result or you got the you predicted the result correctly. Just the score line didn't match. You said uh, San o- or you said Miami would beat San Jose, but you said it'd be two one. It was only one nil. Uh, other than that, your other scores didn't come true. You said. You picked on San Jose quite a bit last week for some reason. You said Austin would beat them 3-0. Well, Austin did get three, but they also allowed three because their defense is crap, so (laughs) there was that. And we all got the Minnesota prediction wrong. We don't need to go over that. We've talked about that enough tonight. Uh, Dan, you said you have no face faith in Wayne Rooney. You said New York Red Bulls would beat his DC United side 3-1. You made fun of me for having Wayne Rooney fever and calling a draw, which I got correctly, just not the scoreline. So you you missed a point there. You got no points this week, Dan. You struggled this week.
0: I'm going to file a protest.
1: You said Nashville would win 2-0 against Toronto FC, and thanks to Lorenzo Insigne and his absolutely worldly worldly of a shot for his first goal in Major League Soccer, (laughs) Toronto wins 4-3 in stoppage time. So... Congratulations Toronto there. So yeah, I got the, uh, I predicted FC Cincinnati and Philadelphia 3-1, but I said Philadelphia won't win. Well, Cincinnati (laughs) won 3-1. So what the hell happened there? Uh, I don't know. So I get one point, AJ gets two because his points are doubled. Our score lines now, me at 28, Dan, you at 22, and AJ's creeping up behind all of us at eight points since he started only a couple weeks ago. So I will, Uh, let's start with AJ this week.
2: All right, uh, my first one is going to be between Toronto and Portland. I'm not sure exactly what day that's on. I want to say that's a Sunday. No, that is an early match. Uh, Does't matter. Uh, 8:13, 813. So they are on that Saturday. Um, I have Toronto winning over Portland two to one.
1: All right. Dan?
0: All right, I'll uh, I won't start with Minnesota since AJ did not. Uh Saturday Dallas 2 San Jose 0
1: Man still picking on San Jose or we are on this show
0: yeah, it didn't work for AJ I thought I'd take a run at him <laughs> <laughs> I Actually did work for
1: AJ so <laughs> I'm going to continue my picking on of Chicago even though that's been questionable at times but they seem to be good. on a really hot run of form for some reason out of nowhere somehow uh but I'm thinking Philadelphia are angry about losing to FC Cincinnati the other bottom dweller in the Eastern Conference they're irritated by losing to Chicago a couple weeks ago and now they're at home so Philadelphia will get a nice 2-1 road victory or home victory over Chicago this weekend that is my predictor AJ your second
2: I just had to make a uh, change on the fly because Dan had my exact prediction for Dallas San Jose so I'm gonna (laughs) I'm gonna switch and I'm gonna go with Austin and sporting Kansas City. I have Austin three, Kansas City one.
0: Okay. Nice. All right. All right. Just to prove that I am consistent, even if I'm wrong most of the time, I'm still gonna go after DC United. Uh yeah. Saturday, New England three, DC United two.
1: Wow. A lot of goal scoring there. I mean, there was what, sixty goals in thirteen games on Saturday? It's,
0: so it's the I new it's the new MLS.
2: Somebody said, I think it was like seven goals shy of the most ever on any game day for the MLS in MLS history. The,
0: uh, the yeah. ball's juiced, I'm pretty sure.
2: Manfred? <laughs> Rob Manfred starting to infect MLS? Yes. Great, that's just what
1: we needed. Is he, he going to call our trophy just a piece of metal as well? Just a piece of metal.
2: Just a of hunk metal. of metal, that's all it is. Just a oh.
1: hunk of metal. Uh, since Dan said the All Star Game is fair game, I'm going MLS first Liga MX All Stars, and I'm going to say it's a three-two home win for Ooh. Major League Soccer. Ooh. They will get the second win in a row over Liga MX in the All Star Game.
2: Nice, good pick. All right, AJ. All right. So on Sunday, the late—I want to say it's a late game, right? Is it See, not eight o'clock? Minnesota. Yeah, 8 o'clock eight on o'clock. Sunday, Nashville, Minnesota. It's not the latest of the night. Seattle, Real Salt Lake. Well, I mean, they're later, going to but... the
1: Eastern time zone to play an 8 o'clock game.
2: Hmm. Okay. So it's 9 all o'clock right.
1: there. I don't get that. Uh,
2: but Nashville and Minnesota. <laughs> Major League Soccer. I, <laughs> I, uh, I unfortunately think that the defensive woes maybe continue this weekend before getting fully ironed out. So I think they're going to allow, too. But I also think they're going to score two. So I have a two-two draw this weekend between Ooh. Nashville and Minnesota. Okay. The
0: two-two. You almost two-two. took it away from me. Minnesota two, Nashville one. Ooh. Thought you were going to pull you my score that one away, away. from me. Take yours away. Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. Well, fine.
1: I'll say I'll go the opposite of AJ. Defensive so goes six are fixed. to one. No, I Defensive be goals Are fixed. For Minnesota, it's going to be a clean sheet. Nashville is going to struggle to score despite having one of the best goal scorers in the league over the last year and a half in Hany Mukhtar. It is a 2-0 shutout for Minnesota.
3: Boys, Ooh, that bold. is the
1: final pick there of it is. the predictor since nice. Dan had to pick, take my last pick. Well done. All right. So let's get to write that down. It's uh, our other weekly soccer-related prediction segment. We each make three soccer-related predictions that don't necessarily have to be goal line or score line predictions. Uh, We'll keep track of correct predictions throughout the year. We'll call them goals. The person with the most Mm -hmm. goals at the end of the season wins the very coveted golden boot. We also do an accountability session, boys. Let's start off with that. Uh, Let's start off with AJ. You had three things come off the board this week. It was a... uh, it's a mixed bag for you. A couple weeks ago, you said Minnesota will be top three by the time of the All-Star Game. Well, because they couldn't get it done in Colorado against 11th place uh, Colorado Rapids, they fall to fourth place. So you missed out on close. that by literally just a day.
2: This close. They needed one point and I survive.
1: You did say, though, that uh, you also said... Uh, in your first week here that Manchester city will sign Mark Kukurea by the end of the summer transfer window. Well, Chelsea swooped in and took that one away from them. So you, you missed the point there, but you had to come off the board in the correct column. You said Luis Emery will score at least a goal against Colorado. And you also said at least one of the big six in the premier league will lose their opening match, their opening week match. We won't discuss who did that. No, let's uh, talk about
2: it and uh, fill me in who I I didn't watch anything this past Sunday. What happened to
1: talk about that? I'm still irritated by it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Dan, in, in, for for context, uh, Johnny's Red Devils, <laughs> Jonathan's Red Devils dropped uh, in Eric Ten Hogg's uh, managerial debut to Brighton. The Seagulls take him down 2-1 with Cristiano Ronaldo, arguably the greatest goal scorer in the history of soccer, sitting on the bench at the start of the game. Unbelievable.
1: Let's uh, point out that he's 38 and washed, so we don't need him anymore. He's washed? He wow,
2: brutal.
0: Brutal.
1: He doesn't play the way that you need to play these days. Been a hamper to his team since he left Real Madrid five years ago. Ventus have gone down. Now Manchester United has continued to struggle under him or with him on the
0: squad. Good to see you moved on and you're over it, Jonathan.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to (laughs) Dan's predictions that came off the board. You said Tyler Miller will be gone from the club in the next transfer window. What the hell
0: happened? What the hell happened? Mm. I thought their club's interested in him.
1: I guess uh Minnesota there are teams didn't get a good enough offer. Them. Wow. Wow. Chicago will need him next off season, but uh, he's a free agent at the end of the year, I believe, so won't matter for trade value. Uh you <sighs> also said Franco Fragapane will score at least one goal against Colorado. He unfortunately didn't. So Nope. You don't get the point there. Brent Coleman got that header, a nice header. So uh,
0: I he said did. I had hey, two Tyler what, Miller. You know what this was?
1: I don't know. I don't know what that is.
2: When Coleman scored, he was doing I wanna ask
1: the younger guy, AJ. AJ, you know Mom. what this
2: means? From the context, it looked like he was looking up at the like the uh, opposing crowd as more yeah. of like a, I can't hear you, I can't Maybe. hear you. It's Just, what he really did it, was... just like,
1: plug your ears if you do that. Why I don't you... know.
2: Anyway. Oh. anyway, sorry,
0: just had to ask if anybody knew. Right. Speculation, speculation. Yes.
1: I had two Tyler Miller predictions. I said he'd be traded to Atlanta. That didn't happen. I also said he'd be traded to New England, tried to hedge my bet there. Neither of those happened, so...
0: Man, yeah. the only thing the only thing dumber than me picking him to be gone is someone picking which team he's going to go to.
1: Hey, I tried to <laughs> try to one up your bet there. I did say though that Minnesota will add a new addition into the attack the attacking front by the time the upcoming transfer window closes. And thank you, Mender Garcia. You get a point there.
0: you <laughs> to so take a point I'm- even though you didn't mention him by name.
1: I didn't know the name at the time. So Dan, you and I are tied on 16 goals and AJ is up to four goals on the season. So we've got plenty to come off the board still. AJ, I will let you go first with write that down this week.
2: All right. I'm going to go with the affair coming up on Wednesday, the MLS All-Star versus Liga MX game. Um, I have the I know last year. MLS won in penalties, but I have them outright winning and by a decent margin, they will win by at least two goals on Wednesday night at Allianz field.
0: Ooh. Wow.
2: Nice. I like it. I like it. We've worked the all-star game into
0: prediction, into the predictor and into write that down. I have Wednesday MLS all-stars four, Mexican side two. So AJ and I could both get that right. We're no one like
1: told 0
2: <laughs> on. We're making no. shirts if it ends Dosa Zero. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, write this down, boys. I'm continuing the All Star flavor here in the first predictions. Emmanuel Reynoso will score a goal and an assist on a goal in the All Star game coming up this Wednesday at Allianz Field. Write that down.
0: You're crazy.
1: <laughs> AJ?
2: I'm going to continue with the Emmanuel Reynoso trend, but not on Wednesday. I'm going with Sunday. I think he's going to be hungry to get back out there. I'm sure this past weekend he was watching from the bench thinking, you know what, I I could maybe help out here, guys. Um, so I think, and this might be a tap-in, but uh, I'm going to go with him just being involved, a goal or assist in at least one goal this, this upcoming Sunday. So he is a direct Tap in at least one. The tap-in, Johnny? I think it's a tap-in.
1: With the form he's been in, I mean,
0: tap ins. Okay, fine. Hold on. hold on, hold. No, 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 hold no, 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 no. Let me, no, no, no. No, no. Let me explain. Okay. Tap ins are fine, but it just means that then we each can pocket a tap in for later.
1: I've got like three of them pocketed. Yeah, <laughs> to do these tap ins.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fine with tap ins. Sometimes you take them, I- but it just I means that I got to make up some ground. It means that, right? Exactly, but that just means that the other guys get to
1: double. You'll make up ground.
0: Get to have a tap. Are my points doubling for this too?
1: Oh, oh wait, no, no, because we suck at write that down. Our our score lines are <laughs> yeah. are crap wow. right now. So <laughs> he does he'll be
0: fine. <laughs> he'll be fine. Okay. AJ, you've all got right. a
1: fourth of our points already, and you've only been here for three weeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna stay with uh, Renoso on my second one too. Uh, Sunday at Nashville, uh Reynoso, Lud, and Boxel all back. Those three will combine for a yellow card and a goal. No more yellow cards. Come on. Nope.
1: Sick of yellow cards. <laughs> Write that Just down. Just one yellow card?
0: Write it down. One yellow card, one goal between those three.
1: Okay. All right. I'm going to stick with the Nashville predictions against Nashville. Just keep that that theme going here. Luis Amaria, I'm stealing this one from uh, AJ from last week. Luis Amaria will score again. He'll keep his goal scoring run going to three games. Crazy. He'll score against Nashville this Sunday night. Write that down. Wow.
0: You are on the uh Luis Samaria train. Yep.
1: Choo-choo. I think it's hard
2: not to be at this point.
1: Yeah, he's um, been pretty good.
2: <laughs> hop aboard or get left
1: behind, losers.
2: <laughs> uh I'm gonna go across the pond for my final write that down. He was he's a robot. He's a goal scoring robot from Norway. Um he scored a brace in his um Premier League debut, and I think he's gonna repeat that this upcoming Saturday against Bournemouth. Uh, Recently promoted side Bournemouth. Erling Holland of Man City will score a brace exactly, so two, um, this Saturday against Bournemouth. Okay. That makes up for your tap-in. That's good. I figured Um, I got to go easy with one, maybe a little bolder with another.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, I'm up. All right. Minnesota has uh, the United have four matches in August. They will record two clean sheets out of those four. All right. Write that down.
1: Write that down. For my final prediction of the weekend, I'm, just, I'm hoping, I'm willing this and hoping this and speaking this into existence because I'm not at all feeling any good vibes from this Manchester United side this season. Manchester United will beat Brentford this weekend. That's just a simple prediction. That's it. Write that down. Wow. Okay. All right. I have no faith that they can actually do it, but here's hoping. <laughs> Got it. And Tottenham, hopefully, are done signing every player under the sun, AJ. They're
2: not, not, they're not, they're not done. They, uh, yeah. They're going to get Destiny Lord Udogi, Bears. and they're going to still pursue Nicolo Zaniola from Roma. Uh, so we'll have to see. But they're also sending out, like, Lacelso and Tanganga is probably going to lo- go on loan Every somewhere Every other as well. coach
1: that's going to coach Tottenham in the future will need that playbook that Antonio Conte has against Daniel Levy to open up the purse strings because Daniel Levy has been the absolute tightest wallet in the entire soccer world for the last, <laughs> what, 10 years? And all of a sudden, Conte comes in, and all of a sudden, he's just splashing the cash, just making it rain everywhere.
2: But you forget that the Jed Spence negotiations transpired over about 3 months and that was for a final I, fee of like AJ, 12 million. I'm a Manchester United
1: fan. I'm used to 3 month negotiations. <laughs> that's all we do at this point. Oh all right. God, that's, great. that's enough Premier League talk. That's enough Minnesota United talk and that's enough uh hoping that Goalie Wars is broadcast to the world tomorrow because it is amazing and I am excited for it to be <laughs> back. They better <laughs> broadcast that thing, otherwise MLS deserves all the ridicule they they will get. Uh, boys, it's been a fun week. Good talking to you. Dan, we will talk to you Sunday night,
3: Sunday, uh, 8 p.m., Sunday.
1: 7.30 p.m. pre-match show on Score North uh, on the Score North mobile app, 1500ESPN.com and 1500AM1500 1500 1500 ESPN. Dan, it will be an exciting game, I hope. And AJ, you'll be back here with us Monday night next week. Boys, talk to you then.
0: Can't wait to see you, boys.